Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Spirituality and science are both telling us that we are all connected, that we are all one. So what you do to another person you are literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is messages from Saul and Jesus with John Smallman. I discovered um, John's messages from Saul and Jesus on YouTube, even though he doesn't have a YouTube channel. But we like to welcome John to Awake to Oneness Radio. Let's try that again. Okay. Welcome, John, to Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you, Caroline. I'm very honored to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you. We are very honored to have you. Um, Your messages that come through you from Saul and Jesus are so loving, and I, I get inspired by them daily. So could you share with our listeners, um, I believe a lot of listeners are familiar with your name because um, many of Saul's messages and Jesus' messages that came through you are on YouTube, um, which thousands of listeners have heard. But um, we'd like to know more about who you are. So if you can share um, how you came to start channeling for for Saul and Jesus, and share your story with us. We, we greatly appreciate that. Sure, I'd love to do that. I'm kind of old. I'm 75. I was born in 1940, and back then Catholicism was the only right religion. Anything else was wrong, almost evil. I was sent to Jesuit boarding school aged eight, and I had 10 years there. And when I left, I thought, thank goodness I'm out of here because I hated it but I also felt thank goodness I was sent here otherwise I'd be even more of a worthless individual than I am so that was my Jesuit upbringing and uh, after that I got married I learned to fly I got a flying license and became an airline pilot and uh, over the years the marriage broke down I and my wife married for the wrong reasons basically and uh, we discovered or I discovered we were incompatible and eventually I left her for another woman. And, of course, with my upbringing and my total belief in the Catholic thing about hell and damnation, I was in a quandary. I was in mortal sin. I had left my wife, who I had promised to be with forever, and here I was living with another woman. And I knew God was love, because we had been taught that. God is infinite love. And... So I was hopeful, but I was still worried. And then I was watching my two sons kick a football around. They were about 10 and 12 at the time. And I was just thinking, nothing they could ever do would stop me loving them. And that was like a light bulb going off in my mind. I thought, wow, if I feel like that about my children, I have no problems at all with God stopping loving me and that was a great relief so I stayed on I married the other woman and we were together for 37 years we have a daughter and I continued flying and always when I was flying once I qualified and become an airline pilot I had a sort of underlying feeling that this isn't why I'm here and in the 1980s somebody pushed a book my way called Seth's 
Speaks. It was a channeled book by a woman called Jane Roberts, who wrote a lot of books through Saul, or Saul wrote a lot of books through her. And I just saw it sitting on the coffee table in my in-law's house, and I thought, that looks kind of strange. And I picked it up to thumb through it, and once I started to read it, I couldn't put down. I was just captivated. So I read all Jane Roberts's channeled books and then looked out for all the others I could find. And I began to think it would be nice to have my own spiritual guide who would come through me. So finally, one night in 1995, I sat down, put myself at peace, pen in hand, and said, Dear God, if there is somebody in the spiritual realms of high integrity who would like to communicate through me, I am here, willing and able. And immediately, Saul came through. Wow. And he didn't give me a name. He just gave me a paragraph, made it very clear that he would love to come through. And it was so clear that it wasn't me writing. It was much more articulate, much more well-written than anything I could possibly have written. And I thought, wow. So after that, I started to communicate with him on a regular basis and have been doing so ever since. And then in 2009, I think it was, a friend who is a little bit psychic and who I had shared the fact that I channeled said, you really should get it out there, John. And so I started the blog. And a little after that, I published a book on Lulu that uh, was his earlier uh, communications with me. And then in 2011, I got this intuitive sort of nudge that Jesus wanted to come through, which I dismissed. I thought, for goodness sake, A Course in Miracles is already out there. Paul Farini has done some marvelous work with Jesus. And uh, it's just my ego. But the nudge kept coming and coming. So finally, I sat down. I invited him in and uh, started to do the Jesus channeling. So that's how it all started. Wow, amazing. Now, do you... Um, do the, does Saul and Jesus actually write through you, or do you hear them and you take dictations? I call it dictation, but I don't hear anything. It's just I okay. sit, I relax into a sort of meditative state, and then thoughts or words come into my mind, and I write them down. I get three or four at a time, and as I finish typing the first three or four, the next few come. Okay. So it's a... Uh, it's like they watch and see how much I've written and then come with the next bit. So I'm never rushed. I'm never trying to keep up. It's it's very convenient. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes okay. the energy gets quite intense. I don't personally feel energy very much. I know lots of people who do, but I've become aware recently. I used to be writing and then I'd stop. I'd, it was like I got bored. I needed a break or something and I'd take a break. And then I'd come back an hour later, a day later, whatever, and it would all flow very easily again. And I suddenly realized what's happening is that the energy that I'm receiving as I type this up becomes a bit too intense, and I just have to take a break. So uh, it's kind of interesting, that. Mm-hmm. Now, have you always <clears throat> typed, or what, did you did you start out with handwritten um, writing? Yeah, it, it was hand- handwritten, yeah. For years mm-hmm. and years, I started in '95 handwriting it, and I didn't go over to typing it until after Jesus first came through. So probably early 2013, I think, was when I started typing. I just thought that if I sit at a typewriter, it won't work. I'll get distracted. I'll be unable to do it. It just won't work. I have to write. And then I thought, for goodness sake, pull yourself together, John. Sit down and sit at the typing keyboard and see what happens and of course it came through fine so since then I've always typed it <laughs> okay very good um now did did in the beginning did Saul explain to you more about who he was um kind of like um I know I, I've listened to a lot of channel material like you I've read um Jane Roberts um Seth Speak um Abe I'm from, familiar with Abraham, who is a collective, right. and also um, familiar with Ananda, um, who is also a collective. So I'm just curious, is Saul a collective? Like um, Not as far as I know, no. I mean, for the first three or four times, I just took the message, and then I thought, I wonder who this guy is. I assumed it was a man, being a man myself, <laughs> that's my egoic, male-oriented 
way of looking at things, I suppose. So I asked for a name, and the name that came through was Saul, and I did not like that. When I was at school as a kid, we used to you know, have religious instruction, and basically it was the New Testament, and we did quite a lot of the Acts of the Apostles, which of course was by St. Paul, and the bits we tended to read were the ones that were telling us not to do things and that were rather misogynistic, and I wasn't very taken with St. Paul. Um, I thought, ooh, I don't really like this. So three or four times I asked, and each time he said Saul, and finally I thought, okay, he's Saul. And I didn't ask if he'd been St. Paul previously. I just accepted this this entity is Saul, and that's all that matters. So mm-hmm. I don't really need to know the sort of history of it. I think that can be a distraction as to, you know, were you around in the time of Jesus, and did you persecute Christians? You know, that's not about what it's about. Right, right, right. So I let and that now- go. Some people have asked but I I just don't ask him that. And I don't ask either of them for personal stuff at all because, again, (laughs) I feel that if I start asking things personally that I want or that other people might ask me to ask, my ego will become involved and I will have a sense of what I expect, what what I want the answer to be, and that would, of course, corrupt or interfere with the Mm -hmm. channel. So I just... invite them in and let them talk to me and give me whatever message they have for me in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when Jesus started coming through, um, like you said, you had the intuition. um, Can you explain how that happened? Um, It was just a sort of, just a nudge, a sort of, I just got this sort of, feeling that Jesus wants to come through. It was like a very faint thought in my head. And I dismissed it. I thought, nonsense. And it kept coming. It got a little bit stronger, but, it, you know, it wasn't overpoweringly, I want to talk through you, John. It was just, John, if you're free. And finally I responded, and there he was. And the other thing is that when I tune in either to Jesus or Saul, I invite one of them in, and I assume that's who comes. And, you know, I have no way of telling apart from the fact that I said, hey, Jesus, I'm here and ready. Would you like to give me a message or here, Saul, I'm ready, and uh, through it comes. Other people have said they can sense a difference in the sort of feeling of the two channeled messages, you know, either Jesus or Saul, but I don't see it myself. Mm -hmm. So you do, you, when you're kind of ready, you kind of invite them. Um, Because I was wondering, yeah, okay, I was wondering, do they, like, say, okay, John, it's time to, take this message or do you so it's you you're the one that initiates the invita- invitation yeah to them. they leave okay. it totally to me which is very different from helen shuckman who channeled the course in miracles because jesus came through to her and he was there all the time and every time she <clears throat> had a break from her office work or whatever and she'd you know open up there he was channeling whereas uh I call them in, and uh, then I say, hey, I've had enough, or they finish the message, and uh, then I take mm-hmm. a break. Okay, very good. You could call very... me a control freak, I suppose. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I, I just, I think, I think, I've, like I said, I'm familiar with a lot of channel work, and um, I find you're, you're just very, your messages that come through from Saul and Jesus are both so loving. I I just discovered um, the messages not long ago on YouTube, and at first right. I was listening to them through other, um, you know, people putting them, and it wasn't your voice reading the audio. Right. And then right. I said, well, let me go to your blog. And I went, went to your blog, and I listened to your audio, you reading, um, and it just... I, I loved it so much better because you have that English accent, which is just so, uh, I don't know. I just love the accent. It's not my and, fault. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's a wonderful accent. But I really enjoyed listening. I mean, I enjoyed the messages on YouTube, but I also I really enjoyed the messages even more um, listening to your audio. And when I invited you to come on to Awake to Oneness Radio, you were so humble. You're like, oh, you really want me? I'm like, yes. Uh, you just uh, Well, you I looked at humble. your list of people that you'd interviewed already, and I thought, goodness, you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right up there. You're right up there because well, thank uh, you. 
the messages that are coming through, like I said, every day now that I've discovered uh, your blog, I go to it daily to see if there are new messages, and I listen, I start my day with a Saul or a Jesus or maybe both <laughs> message because well, it, you, reminds, yeah. it reminds me, it keeps me inspired throughout my day and reminds me of the love to bring into each and every moment of the day. So because, you know, this illusionary world we live in can get distracting and we can forget. Oh, yes. So yeah. we need we need a daily reminder, if not once a day, maybe several times a day. Right. So it is it is so amazing. Maybe can you share with the audience, with the listeners, what um, what you have learned um, from all these years of channeling Saul and Jesus? Because um, I am very new to your blog, so um, right. I've only really listened to the newer uh, messages that came through this year. So throughout right. the years, you've been, you've been channeling Saul since 95. Maybe right. you can share some of the insights that you have, uh, some of the wisdom he has shared. Yeah, basically, I had this sort of guilt feeling because I had divorced and remarried. And, of mm-hmm. course, I felt I'd left my, let my children down by my first marriage and so on. So there was a lot of that sort of guilt. So when Saul started coming through, he was so loving and so accepting. That was very uplifting for me. And his message has always been a message of love, as has Jesus's. I mean, they changed their emphasis. They changed the direction, how they're talking about it. But basically, it's that we're all one. There is only love. God is love. We are part of God. So we are, in fact, God. But down here as humans, in the illusion, it seems very different from that. And uh, so listening to their messages and, you know, taking them down, I have made a point of trying to be loving always, and I continue to do that. I make that intention every morning, that whatever arises, that I will be loving. I won't be judgmental. I won't be angry. I'll just be loving. Of course, it doesn't always work. Something, you know, irritates you and you get cross and then I realize that oh there was the ego and I forgive myself for that because that's the other thing they push so importantly you have to forgive yourself we are brought up as children to behave and if we're good we get cuddles we get treats we get hugged whatever and if we misbehave we don't get good grades or we spill our milk or whatever it is we get punished or at least told off shamed And so I think there is probably nobody in the world who hasn't been shamed as a child. And that shaming leaves a sense of worthlessness. And although you go through school and college and get great qualifications and become a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, that underlying sense of worthlessness is there. Most of us bury it because it's not a very nice thing to have. And if it was constantly in your mind, you wouldn't be able to do your job. So there's that conflict. And... uh, through channeling Saul and Jesus and also through studying A Course in Miracles, which I've been doing for about 12 years now, the message that they offer, Jesus and Saul, is there is only love. And Mm -hmm. that has been the most uplifting thing for me, without a doubt. Well, um, we do have some things in common. I I went to Catholic school, and for me, though, um, at a very young age, what we were learning in Catholic school and religion, we had religion every day. It, a right. lot of it just didn't ring true. I was four or five, you know, very young. Right. Um, it didn't ring true to me, but I was brought up in a household where in the early right. 60s, um, my father would say, a child is to be seen and not heard. So right. even right. though I had all these questions, I'm like, wait a second, this does not sound right. There's got to be some, you know, I couldn't ask right. those. I had questions, but I was raised where I couldn't ask those questions. But it just, um, and it always stayed with me. So as right. I became a teenager, um, I think I just started looking for my own answers um, spiritually. And like you said, when you said, um, when you were watching your son's play, and yep. that thought came to you, there's nothing they could ever do that would make you stop loving them. And a light bulb went off in your head. I had my light bulb moment um, with oneness. 
Understanding Oneness in 2007, actually watching a film on quantum physics, What the Bleep. All right. Um, oh, yeah, that's a great movie, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 there was one sentence that it was a light, like you said, a light bulb went off. Um, the yep. one sentence was um, the biggest problems in the world today stem from the illusion of separateness. And Lynn McTaggart right. um, made that statement during that movie. Yeah, she's and brilliant, isn't she? Yes, yes, she's going to be an upcoming guest <laughs> very soon. Oh, good. Uh, I would look yeah, forward she, to that. Yes, in, in the March she'll be on the show. But um, when she said that, everything made sense to me. Really, it was truly like a light bulb. And everything right. I was studying spiritually that I was struggling with because it's so different than how we're raised. Um, right. It all made sense to me when I understood oneness. We're all connected. Right. We're all one. Science is t- say, telling us this. Science has proved it. Science has proved it, proven it over 80 years ago. So it's not n- anything new that science has right. proven that we're literally all connected. I so I'm like I can't understand why. It's not like mainstream knowledge right now. It should be taught in every science class, in every classroom. It should be taught how It's like it's an inconvenient all... truth. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's an inconvenient truth, yes. Uh, but it's, And one of the other things that stuck out when I was in school, um, in science class, that stuck out when... My seventh grade science teacher said we were studying molecules and atoms, right. and he said nothing is truly solid. I, that was like right. another light bulb moment. Like, huh? Nothing is truly solid. So science has proven that this world is an illusion. It's it's not solid. It, it, it right. even the molecules and atoms they don't touch each other. So, right. <laughs> So this is all we're talking science, not just spirituality, yeah. but science. And and um, it I I still sometimes wonder why is it so difficult for people to understand what we're saying? Because it's, well, it's um, to do with subjectivity and objectivity. Science has mm-hmm. to be objective. Subjectivity is not allowed. You mustn't allow your feelings, which are unreal anyhow, to interfere with your work. But what they mm-hmm. seem to forget is that if you didn't have any subjectivity, you wouldn't be doing the work in the first place. I mean, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can only yes. experience things yourself. Then you can interpret them, use your reason. But first you've got to experience it, and therefore it is subjective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. Subjective. And then also we learn that it's our perception of what right. we are you know what we're seeing it is all our it's an illusion but it's our perception of that illusion someone can be looking at the exact same thing or witnessing or experiencing the exact same thing that you're experiencing but you have two totally you can even have opposite um perception of the exact same right. thing because you're Yeah, I you're, remember Saul years ago did a lovely one on that for me. He said, you know, the difference between people is, for instance, eating ice cream. You can eat ice cream and somebody else can eat ice cream and your experience is totally different. Somebody mm-hmm. can tell you about eating ice cream and you can imagine what it might have been like for them, but you don't experience it. You have to eat it yourself. And it's so mm-hmm. true. Right. <clears throat> and your experience of it could be totally different than someone else's yeah. experience. My experience of a green traffic light might be red for you, but we both know that it's labeled green, and so we call it green, and we use it as the signal to go. But we don't know that we see it the same way. Exactly, exactly. Because truly we are creating our reality because we are, as it says in the Bible, we are made in the likeness of God, not in his physical form, but in whatever, we have the ability to create our reality the way God had the ability to create the universe. So he has, yeah. we are made in his likeness in that sense. 
that we do have those abilities on a smaller scale, you know. But I say we could we can affect our reality. We can't affect someone else's reality, but we we right. do create create our own reality, and it starts with our thoughts, our words, and our, our deeds. Right. Those are our three tools of um, of creation. And I got that yeah. from. Are, are you familiar with conversations with God? Yes, I read those books yeah. years ago, back in the early 2000s when they came out. Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and it, it speaks of the three create the tools of creation, which are right. thought, word, and deed. And, right. Uh, so the the thing I, with all the different channel materials I've read and studied and listened, they're all saying the same thing as far as we are one. Every channel has their own voice and their own style, but the oneness is throughout all of the information. So to me, it's so, that's why I just have the inspiration just to try to help um, awaken because it's, we are all divine, and we all do know that at our core, but we've we've forgotten. We've uh, come here. We we chose to forget <laughs> and, and yeah. to, to experience disillusion. Um, but um, I think it once the world awakens to that truth, and I believe it's coming. Yeah. Um, oh recent, yes, definitely. In a recent um, message from. Saul, I see now. I get I sometimes get Saul and Jesus's messages mixed up, but um, well, easily done. I, yes, of course. Yeah, it might have been Jesus. It was recent. It was um, January tenth of this year. Um, it talked about this year, two thousand sixteen, being a very pivot, pivotal year of right. Um, yes, of, of awakening. Um, yes. So I'm very excited about to see the changes that are going to take place because I do see it online, just not through mainstream media, but just being right. on the Internet, I see so many people that understand oneness and are working right. at that same goal of awakening everybody to oneness that uh, it's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands. So I do right. see that um, soon. <laughs> can't can't put a date on it, <laughs> but right. this year is supposed to be a big year. So um, from your communications with Saul and Jesus, um, are they indicating anything as far as this year or? Well, they tend not to talk in time basically, okay. because time is part of the illusion. And, yes, you know, true. of course, in Miracles, I think it is, says, or it might have been Jesus or Saul probably said it too, <clears throat> excuse me, our concept of time, you know, the universe having been here for 14 billion years or whatever since the Big Bang, I mean, yes. in reality, it was but an instant. You know, mm-hmm. separation happened just a moment ago, and mm-hmm. we are momentarily asleep, and we will in a moment wake up. Mm-hmm. And down here in the illusion, it all stretches out for thousands or millions of years, and we think, oh, my God, is it going on still? Whereas, in <laughs> fact, it's just a moment, and it, yes. it's our perception again. And uh, this is just something we have to live with as humans right. down here in the illusion. We can't mm-hmm. really put a date on it. And uh, Jesus or Saul was talking about the sort of swing of the, you know, balancing the seesaw, the negative mm-hmm. and the positive, the dark and the light. And basically yes. the dark had the seesaw down at its end, sitting firmly on the ground and maybe bouncing us about, you know, the positive mm-hmm. light worker types. And right. over the last five or six decades, the balance has swung the other way. And it is now basically the light is holding the balance down towards the light and the dark is losing it. Okay. And I think that's great. Yes. But it has, yes. in human terms, taken a very long time for this to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so yeah. it's very, very close. But in our terms, that could still be another ten, twenty years. I hope not. I hope it's tomorrow. But who knows? Yes, yes, I hear what you're saying. And the other thing too that I always remind myself of, uh, moment to moment, is that um, the this uh, duality of light and dark is really right. um, just in a, just in this reality um 
it is just one. All there is is God. Right. All there is is love. So right. not to to separate the you know the dark and the light. To just it, the light um, should embrace the dark, and the dark embrace the light. And once they merge, right. that is when the the world will awaken to the oneness. Right when we chose to separate. When right. we chose to separate, we divided ourselves in two, light and dark. We used our mm-hmm. power and we could go and do nasty things with it and upset people, or we could have fun and be glorious and loving. This was It's unreal, but this is what we invented, and right. it has become very, very convincing. It seems there is incredible evil out there. But the other thing is we all, as modern psychology tells us, have a shadow side which we tend to bury mm-hmm. unless we happen to be psychopaths or very ego-driven and we don't give a damn and we say, this is how I think it should be and everybody else can put up with it. But most of us, we have this sort of fear of the badness in us. It comes, I think, from childhood when we were shamed anyhow for spilling our milk. And, of course, Mm -hmm. as you grow up, you have sort of impulses. Maybe somebody offends you and you feel, I could kill them, and you're immediately horrified that you think that, so you bury that stuff. And so Mm -hmm. we have this shadow side which, when kept down, is in danger of erupting like a volcano, and we can Mm -hmm. do some very silly things. But what we need to do is let this up see it, don't engage with it, just watch it and say, oh, I'd like to kill someone. Would I really like? Well, actually, no, but I can understand why I felt that at the time. And you just let it flow. Exactly. And it's coming to terms with the fact that we have two sides that need to be integrated. Right, right. Shine shine the light on that uh, shadow side and embrace it because every action is an action of love or a cry for love. So that right. shadow side is crying for love. Absolutely. When yes. somebody attacks you, it is a call for love. So if mm-hmm. you can avoid defending yourself or attacking back and just right. let it go, you mm-hmm. help that person. You may not mm-hmm. be able to say anything to them, but if you right. engage and fight back, the whole thing gets worse. Exactly. <clears throat> and we are also easily offended. I just read a book that came out in 1998 talking about political correctness in American Mm -hmm. colleges. And it was quite terrifying that, you know, people are so easily offended now. And if they're offended, they have to be compensated. And, Mm -hmm. hey, you can only be offended if you agree to be offended. I can call Mm -hmm. you all sorts of names, and you either accept it or you look at me and say, well, what's wrong with him? Why is he saying that? You know, Mm -hmm. the problem is with the one who is offended not the one who is causing the offense on the whole, unless it's physical violence and abuse, things like that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody offends you, you just need to, oh, they're in pain, poor thing. Yes, yes, exactly. It's a a fear reaction. Mm -hmm. Yes, because uh, it's uh, defense and attack are the same thing. Uh, Right. uh, Yes, so when you feel you need to uh, defend yourself, it's the same yep. thing, you know, as just this other side of attack. So they're they're insepar- right. inseparable. I heard that today yep. in one of the messages <laughs> from Solar right. Jesus, yes. You know, and yes. if you look at this world, we, America, are defending ourselves against terrorists by flying drones in the Middle East and assassinating people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. insane. Exactly. Total insanity. Exactly. And yet a load of people feel that's great. Oh, my God, thank goodness somebody is keeping them out. I mean, it's just our shadow side. We're fighting ourselves. Oh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Because what, what we do to another, we are really doing to ourselves. And collectively, exactly. when we wake up to that collectively, that, yes, this is just us hurting ourselves, then... Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see a whole new world. And I, I believe yeah. it will be in our, in our lifetimes. Yes. I, I oh, yeah, think. I think so. I think yeah, it will well, be in our lifetimes. Yeah, well, certainly yours. I'm getting on a bit, but personally, but certainly no. yours, yeah. <laughs> You'll be a while, around for a while. <laughs> I, I probably will. Yeah, I'm in pretty good I health, I would say, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So, no, but also but, uh, I, um, you were saying that you um, got divorced, and I, I got married at 17, and right. raised, I was raised, uh, went to Catholic school, but um, was became I was baptized Episcopalian, which is not a far, right. far cry <laughs> from 
Catholic. Um, but when I did get divorced eight years later, I got you know married at I was a baby really. Um, right. I, I my mother would say the same thing. You know, you're you're um, going to always be married to your husband, even you know, no such thing as divorce. Right. You know, and yeah. um, I didn't kind of let it guilt trip me too much, but I I did always believe that you know love. You know, God is a loving, you know, unconditional love. To me, Absolutely. unconditional love means exactly that, unconditional. So whether yep. I got married at 17, got divorced in my early 20s, God didn't stop loving me. You know, so absolutely um, not. No, I mean know, He loves Hitler. He loves Saddam Hussein. Exactly. You know. Exactly. There is. Exactly. There are no exceptions. Yeah. No, and no. a lot of people don't like that because it is very it's, frightening. Mm-hmm. Because the illusion yeah. seems so real. You know, God, as Course in Miracles put it, had one son to whom he gave everything that he had. The only difference was the father created the son. But apart from that, they are almost identical. The son mm-hmm. has all the powers. And so right. we created this illusion to make it as real as we possibly could. And we did a, mm-hmm. an incredible job. Job, <laughs> exactly. Well, one of the lines from... Um conversations with god is hitler went to heaven right and so yes that was that's the first everybody goes to heaven because there isn't anywhere else (laughs) yes exactly exactly i mean you might shut down you might be in shock when you die and realize that you were rather nasty while you were a human and you might need to a little while to sleep it off and get over it but eventually Mm -hmm. you open up to the love because that's all there is all there is yes and then that yeah. you might choose to come back and try to um, amend some of the exactly things. yeah yes yeah you might try to come back and try. I to mean, if you have amends. enough <clears throat> karmic stuff that you need to sort out, you do come back. I think yeah, I, I'm totally in in belief of re- reincarnation. Makes total sense to me. Yeah, and the thing I like is to think re- of it sometimes as a diamond, and a diamond has many, many facets, and each one of them needs to be polished to perfection before it can be given to anybody, and that's what we are. We're polishing all our facets to become, mm-hmm. you know, who we really are. And the other thing, I, I, I always believed in reincarnation, but in studying, I understand now, knowing that time is an illusion, that we're actually right. living all those lives right now. It's not exactly. reincarnation. It's simultaneous, simultaneous right. incarnation. So we're living yep. all of our lives right here and now. So yeah. that that was. A, I read like, a lovely oh. science fiction book years ago by a man called, I think his name was Clifford Simak, and he had this idea that there are loads and loads and loads of planet Earth all traveling around the sun together, sort of. <laughs> in each other's shadow. We can't see them, but they're all there, and each is a slightly different reality, and we're all mm-hmm. on all of them living mm-hmm. slightly different lives. And I thought, what a lovely idea. <laughs> yes. The multi, I think it's multi-worlds um, theory, which is also a scientific theory, um, that the multi-dimensions, that everything is vibration. So right. um, whatever frequency there's, like, many, many Earths at different frequencies, at different exactly. um, levels. Yes. And we actually, um, we we go back and forth from different levels and different worlds every moment because it's wherever our right. frequency is. So if, our, if we're feeling Indeed. sad and depressed, we're going to go to an Earth that's at that frequency. If we're feeling right. happy, we're going to go to, we're going to jump to a, a higher frequency earth and we do it moment by moment um i'm That's not right. sure if, are, are you familiar with bashar um who is also a channel um daryl um channels bashar and he speaks about this a lot of the right the i haven't heard of him no okay okay yeah. but every moment and, and oh you know who else else spoke about it seth seth right. spoke about it and seth speaks how from moment yeah. to moment we are actually jumping from different realities in each and every moment. So because right. wherever our frequency is, that's where we'll bounce back and forth to, which is amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, because Jane Roberts and her husband Rob were visiting somewhere in Maine on one occasion, and they were sitting in a restaurant, and there was a couple across the room from them who looked almost identical, and they came to the conclusion that it was the two of them in another reality. It was kind of intriguing, yeah. Wow, yes. They didn't communicate, you know, they didn't go and say anything to them. They just looked and thought, wow. Wow. (laughs) Maybe that's (laughs) us in another, you know. And they didn't look happy in that in that situation. Wow. Uh, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So there are quite a few of us. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it could be an infinite number. An infinite number. Of course number. it is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, there are no limits. That's another thing. I, you know, Course in Miracles quite frequently talks about the fact that what matters is content. Form is something that we made. It's the illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've read that many times, and it suddenly hit me the other night. Right. Form is just a box we put around the stuff we want to look at mm-hmm. and therefore limit what we can see. And if we take mm-hmm. the form away, it's all available to us instantly. Yes. But we're not comfortable yes. with that down here in the illusion because right. we put limits on it so that we could try this game of separation. So so it frightens us to think of no limits. Mm. And uh, that also quantum um, quantum physics speaks about that. Um, I believe right. I'm trying to remember the uh, terminology in quantum physics, but um, but it's everything is possible. Um, right. That it, that no object is in one particular place until you look at it, until you right. observe it. Then it's there. Exactly. But before you yeah. observe, it's everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. It is, yeah, uh, it is amazing. And that science has even, you know, gotten so advanced that it's actually showing us that, right. you know, the nature of reality and yet it doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you should be having, should be able to have a great conversation with Lynn McTaggart about this. She will be so enlightening on this stuff because yes. she is way out there, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. I should look forward to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. But, March twenty fifth. Uh, she will be. March twenty fifth, right? Yes. Right. And she, great. She lives in England. But she's American, yep. but she married an English gentleman, so she's an English. Oh, we all make mistakes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're, you're funny. Oh, yeah. but, yeah, so, no, it's, it's, to me, when I started studying this, and like I said, I really woke up to oneness in 2007. But that's the other thing. I, I woke up to the truth of oneness. I really understood it. Uh, like I said, the light bulb went off. But I didn't actually start applying it to my daily life to 2010. So I, I, right. it's like I had this information and didn't know what to do with it. Um, right. I did, I did try to share it with a few close friends, and they right. all looked at me like I was crazy. So I was like, right. okay, yeah. maybe I didn't talk about this. Um, but then in 2010. I just, you know, I was actually, it was a day I was feeling quite low, and I just started searching on the Internet. I started, first thing I started searching was law of attraction. And I discovered Abraham Hicks and started studying Abraham Hicks, and then more and more channels from Abraham Hicks, I discovered the Seth Speaks. and um, So I just went on and on. It was a daily for me, it was just every day I was on the internet studying, studying, studying. Um, um, from 2010 up until right. present day, um, and then finally, when my when I lost my son a year and a half ago, I said, you know what, I want to devote the rest of my life to sharing this information and inspiring others um, because this information, this knowledge and wisdom. Um, is what got me through the roughest part of right. my life, losing, losing my son. Um, if I wasn't this grounded in what I believe spiritually, because I know he's not gone, I know he's still right. with me, I know there's no of death, um, yep. you know, that's what got me I through. I mean, your whole life has been preparing you to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. 
That's yeah. why you're here. And now you you know you weren't ready before. You had to go through all the trauma and the suffering that you've gone through to prepare yourself so that you could see the light as it truly is, and then start to share it, which is great. Yeah. But we can't rush these things. You know, they always say that when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive, and well, that's basically what it is. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, I wasn't ready when I left school at 18 or whatever. I had this very narrow Catholic outlook. I remember once my mother used to play the violin professionally, and she was giving a concert or in a an orchestra giving a concert in a non-Catholic church. And so mm -hmm. I went along. I was about 17 or 18 at the time. And I had taken in that, you know, you really shouldn't go into non-Catholic churches. And I thought, well, for a concert, I suppose it's all right. And uh, the vicar came in to introduce them. And before we started, he said, and let's all stand for a prayer. So I very solemnly sat and folded my arms and scowled. <laughs> <laughs> because to take part in the service would have been sinful. <laughs> oh, I mean, the ideas goodness. we grow up with, it's crazy. Yeah. I was very good at believing authority figures. Whatever anybody told me, I believed. I wasn't academically bright at all. I was always the last in the class, and I didn't think things out at all. I just sort of followed on. And then, of course, when my marriage broke apart, I then had to think about it. But prior to that, I just sort of accepted, you know, this is how it is. Okay, John, it's all suffering. Jesus died on the cross for you, and you've got to suffer too, because that's, and that's all nonsense, as mm -hmm. he tells us very clearly. But back yes. then, so many, and still people believe that. No, he yes. came to show us that we're free. Yeah. But, of course, we focus on all the suffering, you know, the crown of thorns, the scourging at the pillar, and then the crucifixion. And that is sort of, in a way, incidental. Yeah, it was very nasty. I'd hate to have it happen to me, and he obviously didn't right. enjoy it. But he came to teach us love. Mm -hmm. And now he's come back through Course in Miracles and through Paul Farini and various other people to say, hey, there is only love. Just yes, get your act together. Mm -hmm. He's speaking through quite a few people now. Um, yes. One of the books, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, his autobiography, was just published a few months ago, um, which he he spoke through um, Tina Spalding, who was a guest a oh, right. few yep. weeks ago. Yes, and yes I listened to the broadcast, yes. Yes, yeah. uh, Jesus' autobiography is fascinating. It I really bet it says, is, yeah. says life light on his life because a lot of people right. and he he wanted to put that book out because so many were um you know told certain things about his life that were not the way they happened so he right. wanted to clarify okay this is what my life was okay i was yeah. an ordinary man i was married i was enlightened i i woke into the truth of oneness and love and my message was all about love but my message was all also that you can do what I can do, and he says that that's exactly. in the Bible. You will do you will do this and more. So, um, right. so that's what his message was. That it's basically, lost. yeah, he he is exactly the same as us. In Course in Miracles, he says, "You just need to think of me as an elder brother, and as an elder brother, you give me a certain amount of authority, and you mm -hmm. know I have a certain amount of wisdom, and you honor me for that. But apart from that, we're the same." Mm -hmm. And that yeah. is very sort of uplifting and inspiring, but a lot of people find that very difficult to accept because we've grown up yeah. with the concept that Jesus is God. He's very different from us, and uh, he's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's We're advanced. All... He doesn't need to come yeah. back anymore. Exactly, yes. But in, in truth, we are all God incarnate. We're all here. Yes. We're all, uh, I like to think of it as a little cell. Like we're all little cells right. in the body of God, you know. And so, if you if you take a little cell from your body, you that little cell has everything that makes up you. You can grow another you from one cell, you know. So right. we have all the aspects of God. At being a little cell of God, we have all the aspects that are, are God in on a smaller on a smaller scale. Well, yeah. so right, a lot yeah. of people, yeah, a lot of people, and especially like the Catholic Church and the Catholic religion, we call that blasphemy to say to That's right. for us to compare ourselves to God. 
but it says God. It says in the Bible, yeah. God says He made us in His image, and that's what right. He meant. He didn't say we we look like Him in the form of right. Him, but we we are made in His image. So everything yeah. we are saying tonight, and in all the channel material that I've read and you read, it's really um, com- it's not um, saying that the the things in the Bible are not true. It's actually just going more into detail um, of what's in the Bible, because a lot of what the Bible was left out. And some of it, Jesus says through um, his autobiography, that some of it was deliberately edited um, by the powers that be back in in the days yeah, um second third century little, i mean all the yeah. stuff that was written about jesus the gospels and everything else none of them were actually written down till at least 30 years after he died and exactly. uh, you know it was all passed verbally there's a very interesting book i just read, read called how jesus became god by mm. bart ehrman and he just looks at all that and how the Thing was all brought together and finally at the Council of Nicaea they needed to decide yeah. who was on their side and who was the heretics and exactly. therefore they made this is what you have to believe and all the dogma came in and mm-hmm. uh, crazy and they cut yeah. out so and so many of us grow up accepting it mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of gospels were cut out um, the book of Mary um, right. um, the book of I believe Thomas there were several right, councils yeah. that were yeah. deleted at that council, yes. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the way we act as humans. We want to be right, and we want to make other people wrong. And before mm. we know where we are, we have sides, we have teams, we have Republicans <laughs> or Democrats or <laughs> Jews and Catholics or whatever it is, and you join a team and you run right. for the team and uh, d- want to destroy the others. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that's kind of, for me, that's why I um, don't claim to be of any one religion. Um, once oh, right. I understood oneness, it's like, okay, yeah. I, I can't call myself this or that because that's um, adding to the division, you know, that's separating right. myself from somebody else. So right. I, 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 I am me. <laughs> I'm not right. any particular religion, and I have respect for all religions, because right. I I know that everybody is divine at their core, and wherever right. they are is where they are. So I will share my beliefs, and you don't have, right. you know, I always say to people, you don't have to believe what I believe. This is what resonates as true for me, and this right. is how I live my life. Um, but right. and I have respect for your beliefs and how you live your life. I just ask that right. you have respect for me. You know, yeah. you don't have to have respect. I would appreciate some respect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but uh, That's all we're yeah. asked to do is to love one yeah. another and respect mm-hmm. one another. If you're not yeah. harming anybody, then yeah. what you believe is fine. The only validity you can get is your own personal validity. Mm-hmm. And the religions and the politics and everything say, oh, no, you've got to be a Republican or you've got to be a Catholic. Or, that's nonsense. The only one is you because you see it from your perception, and that's what you're meant to do. Mm-hmm. You right. have a perception. It's part of your human being. You chose this path, and you will interpret as you go along, and you will learn the lessons you need to learn. And nobody mm-hmm. lesson, else's lessons apply to you. Only your own, and nobody else can interpret your lessons for you. I mean, sometimes we have damage, we've been abused, we need to talk to a psychotherapist, and if we can find an advanced one, they can be very, very helpful. But apart Mm -hmm. from that, what you feel is what counts. Mm -hmm. You can only be true to yourself. Anybody else's truth is meaningless for you. Mm -hmm. That's true. Follow your own truth. Yeah, and you've got to be absolutely honest with yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which can be difficult. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> sometimes are things one it, wished one hadn't done or said or whatever. Yeah. Mhm. And the other thing I found with oneness too is the aspect of non-judgmental, being non-judgmental right. towards others. Um, like you said, Absolutely. we when you understand that we're all one, we're all the same, we're all divine, um, and that other person. Um, you have you can't judge where they are in their no. journey. You know, it's no. Their you have path. no idea where they are. 
yeah? Mm-hmm. You, you cannot have any idea. You see behavior, and you see them talking, and you think you know them, and you do not. You have no idea. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I think there was a saying, um, the Indians said, you can't uh, judge a person until you walk the mile in his moccasins. You know, because you right. don't know what another person has been through and why right. why they're they're the way they are. But in in truth, down deep inside, all we want is to be loved. And a lot of times, though, we look for the love on the outside. When we right. when we grow, when we mature spiritually, we understand that the love that we've been seeking is all inside of us. It's never left. Exactly. And yep. it's and we are outside, love. Yes, we are love, and the outside world is really just an illusion as a reflection of our love. So the more love that we give to the world, the more love is going to be reflected back at us. But first we have to recognize that we are love, and that means we need to release this sense of not good enough, worthlessness, Mm -hmm. and therefore the need to go and seek love from or approval from someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's what destroys a lot of us. We're constantly finding we're not good enough and the relationship doesn't work so we try another one and it's wonderful and then that blows up in our face and all the time you know we're either blaming the other person or ourselves and either Mm -hmm. way it's blaming ourselves finding ourselves not good enough and we Mm -hmm. need to learn hey i am perfect the way i am because that's how god created me and if i just love then I'm not going to attack anyone. I'm not going to hurt anyone. My energy field expands, and people feel comfortable around me, and I feel comfortable in my own presence. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, Very true. So we don't attack ourselves, and then we don't attack right. others. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. And don't blame others. You know, in, in a relationship, Absolutely. a lot of times you're pointing, it's their fault. It's their fault. And I, I, I've been single a long time, but I have said to my married friends that complain, you know, he's this, yep. this, 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 and I always try to, to lovingly say to them, uh, it's not point, it's not, yeah, it's you are creating your reality. It's not That's about right. him. It's not about the Yeah, other you hear about people all. sometimes who who get up to a certain level of, in, you know, they just can't cope anymore, and they suddenly stop and they say, hey, I'm not going to fight back anymore. I'm not going to defend myself. I'll just send love. And within a week or two, the relationship changes if one exactly. of them can do that. Exactly. <coughs> exactly. That's all it takes for one of them just to just give love, just send love, and just yeah. be loving in response what respond yeah. whatever the other does just respond with love right. and when it's back they to do you that, want to be right or do you want to be happy <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly exactly because that's the other thing um, well people, if i'm right i'll be happy i know i'll be happy if i'm right <laughs> and they'll see i'm right <laughs> and it yeah. just goes on and on doesn't it <laughs> it's an endless cycle with the the yep. being right yes but it's it's and the the answer is it's one answer it's love that's exactly. all there is truly is is love and when you respond to every situation with love that's the answer to every problem that's right. with every situation I think the the one of the first um, messages I heard was the message from Saul um, about you are love and at first right. I thought he was saying you are loved with the D, but then I listen and right. say, no, you are love. That's what you yes. are. So yes. Once you you can't be anything else because you're part of God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're perfect. You are perfect yeah. just the way you are. Mm-hmm. But we pretend not to be down here in human form because mm-hmm. we're playing the game of the illusion, and so we do all sorts of silly things just for the fun of it. <laughs> yes. Very and it doesn't true. seem fun a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like playing card games with small children and trying to enforce the rules, and they get very upset because they don't fully understand it, and they're not mm-hmm. winning, and it's it's very painful. And that's how we are. We mm-hmm. just don't understand it. Right. Yes. But this has been a wonderful hour. I can't believe an hour has already gone by. <laughs> I know, the time has flashed by, hasn't it? It's flashed by. Caroline, you're a delight to talk to. Thank you for being there, inviting me to talk with you. I've enjoyed it enormously. 
Well, thank you so much, so much. I want to ask you before you leave us, though, is there any um, particular message um, that really that you want to share either from Saul or, or from Jesus with the listeners? Basically, just forgive yourselves and love yourselves, accept yourselves, and realize that you're perfect. Just keep telling yourself that until it becomes your belief, because you are. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Give up self-judgment. And I would, I recommend anyone that's listening, if you have not um, been to John's website, um, blog sites, he has two, and it is John. John, you share your your website URL um, with well, the, the audience. Well, the easiest way is to just go into Google and put in John Smallman, and it'll come up mm-hmm. for you. True. True. He has one um, a blog for Saul and a blog for Jesus. And I also have them. If you go to anyone goes to awake to oneness radio dot org, um, the links are also there. For and also, if anyone's interested, um, check out um, Saul's book. And the name of that book again is um, John. Can you share the name of the book with us? Yes, our divine destiny, a Saul book. Okay. And you said that book is of Saul's earlier messages. That's right, yeah, between 1995 and 2008, yeah. Definitely. And I have a link also. um, There's a link on John's blog and a link on my uh, website to purchase that book if anyone's interested. But thank you so much, John. I truly, this has been a wonderful hour. Um, I truly enjoy you. Um, you're um, being a guest on our our show, and you have a wonderful weekend. You too. The feelings okay. are mutual. Thank you very much, Caroline. Good night. Thank, thank you. Good night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.